1: From the Breslin Center to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Time to break the game ready. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us to the game, 730 AM m. Message the game, 730 AM on Facebook. Guess who's
2: back, 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 back again. Yeah, yeah. Beanie's back. Tell a friend.
1: Here's your host and professional hellraiser, Beanie Howell.
3: I go down on this guy Tim,
4: control yourself You're out of control (laughs) Is he still here? Uh, In spirit Well, Welcome in And uh, welcome him to the Dewitt Dream Steve Goff By the way, uh, it's a a special occasion Here on Offensive Minded Heck yeah How many today? Or do you not want to disclose (laughs) The private information?
5: I don't know about you I'm feeling 52. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a Taylor Swift reference. Yeah, so I don't get. Well, he, she has a song called 22. Is that She's right? Add 30 to that. I should
4: have had that queued up. Damn mm. it. Well,
5: sorry. That's fine. I love the Beatles. Any plans? Yeah, I'm going to see the Undertaker stand-up show. Oh, that we had talked about that. That's mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, tomorrow. Where at? Somewhere in Indianapolis cool man Mm -hmm. well it's called the one dead man show one dead man show yeah and he's just like telling stories from his career right yeah hopefully not in his character voice (laughs) that i'm hoping it's you know no it's supposed to be pretty cool mark calloway um telling stories from the road is this an official wwe production yeah it is it is attached to them there is there is certainly some um, some limitations on what he's allowed to talk about from what i've heard what does that mean well, he does. You, you just can't get too inside baseball with the show, from what I've been able to gather.
4: He can't pull up the curtain too much yeah. on the kayfabe?
5: Yeah, because, I don't know, he's under like some kind of legends contract or something. So
4: so you mean he can't acknowledge that he and Kane really aren't brothers? <laughs> Which was the most <laughs> devastating thing I learned when Aww. I was 12 years old. Poor baby Beanie was... <laughs> Just devastated. What do you mean? I'll never forget the day at like, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade, whatever it was when we were at lunch and I was talking about WWF and some kid said, you know, it's all fake, right? And I said, what do you mean? (laughs) He said, it's fake. It's not real. And I was like, I see it. It's real. What do you mean? He said, no, it's like, it's fake. It's like a movie. Yeah. Like it's all planned out. I'll never forget like how cold my blood turned. (laughs) My little heart was broken. Uh, i i know I, I was the same way
5: i when i was a kid i was obsessed obsessed with like wtbs and rick flair and dusty Rhodes, if you will <laughs> i love dusty um but yeah yeah you know what's funny is the conversation you just had with your friend way back taking us on your little nostalgia trip that's the conversation i still have to this day with my wife when i'm trying to watch it because she looks at me with this judgmental look like you know that's not real right and it's just this ongoing discussion. Yes, I'm
4: aware. You know what I've never gotten is the people who say that, they go to movies I yeah, or plays. They watch TV.
5: The one thing you cannot deny about it, and I'll just say this, someday we'll have a wrestling show and we can actually talk about this stuff more. Mad Dog would love that. Who? <laughs> Anyways, um, but no, we, um, the athleticism cannot be denied these gentlemen and ladies are just Mm -hmm. amazingly many of them are
4: former division one athletes like roman reigns he was a lineman at georgia tech his cousin the rock defensive Mm -hmm. lineman for the miami hurricanes played in the cfl Mm -hmm. brock lesnar had a tryout with the vikings yeah bill goldberg played for the georgia bulldogs
5: and falcons Mm yeah yeah and it's you know sure it's predetermined but the manner in which they get there is what you know you can't Here's the thing I've learned. As a lifelong wrestling fan, you cannot argue about wrestling with someone who's not into wrestling. Right. Sort of like, you can't argue about facts with a Michigan fan. <laughs> oh. What a, what a
4: segue. Oh, did I say? Well, well dude. my it's- inner voice talking. Sorry. It's a good thing you said that. Because the, the ratings by leading <laughs> off this show with a wrestling talk were... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, uh- anyway. You know. No, I think a lot of them do like wrestling. I, I never really talk about it on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daily Double, sorry, the listener formerly known as Daily Double, now Steve from email, mm-hmm. doesn't like wrestling. But then I, he won some tickets from me to that Michigan Chicken Wing Festival where yeah. I guess they had some wrestling. Some wrestling. And he called in the first day after, and he's like, you know what, I, I never really paid attention. I always thought it was fake, but... They were really hitting each other with those chairs. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's no way to fake a a chair shot to the face. No, no, there's going to (laughs) be. Those are mostly frowned upon in the industry nowadays. Now what we know about concussions and all that. Well, yeah, you're right. It is a day that ends in Y. So there is an update in Hail to the (laughs) Voyers, the Michigan design-stealing scandal. Hey, it's nice that you're uh, off the ledge now, by the way. It's good to see you off the ceiling, <laughs> off the ledge. I've recovered from Michigan State basketball's crippling season opening loss to James Madison. Yes. The cushiony goodness of scandal in Ann Arbor providing that comfort for you. Sorry, it's a James Madison fight song. <laughs> James Madison's football team petitioning the NCAA to have postseason eligibility, as they should. Yeah, why? That's such a dumb rule. You move up a division and you have to sit out the postseason for for like two years. If anything, you move up a division and you should you should get into the postseason for like doing less with a red carpet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what is it? It's six wins to have a bowl game, which no one cares about anymore. They should be able to get one for winning like three games. Absolutely. Meanwhile, they're eight and zero, oh. mm-hmm. and their basketball team is pretty good too. Unfortunately, <laughs> what we saw. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hey, let me go to the phones real quick, just because Joe and Lansing's been waiting. Hey, Joe, you there?
3: I do Yeah, I mean, it was so funny when you started out the show. So you, I, I caught that when you played with Jim, the the, the, the the comments that
4: Jim made. You mean this? Hold on, one second. I screwed up the board. He was talking about uh, Belleville's quarterback, and he said whoever the next Michigan State coaches needs to get him because quote I go down on this guy. <laughs> Tim, you're talking about a teenage boy. <laughs> now, look, to each their own. <laughs> but uh, isn't that kid still a kid? <laughs> yeah, dude.
3: I, I lost it when you said that because I, I heard him say that and I was like, well, uh, yeah, Tim, uh, you're. Uh, that's kind of a. Uh, I'm sure, sure. He, he didn't.
4: Yeah, I don't even know if he knows the implications of what he accidentally said. Maybe he thinks it's a it's a good above-board thing to say. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he meant what he said. I don't know. But, um, hey, funny story. The way I found out about it, I wasn't listening. But one of our listeners, Robert, shout-out Robert, he's probably listening right now, messaged in at, like, 12.59 yesterday and said... OMG, Beanie, are you listening to Tim? And I said, no, why? And he said, just listen to the last two minutes of the show. You'll know it when you hear it. <laughs> oh, and he God. ain't kidding. I was sitting there, I was like, what? What could it possibly be? And then he goes, I'd go down on this guy. I was like, ah. ah.
3: <laughs> okay, so so uh, I was going to talk about uh, actually Aaron Rodgers. Uh, over under, do you think he's lazy again this year? Um, I know Aaron Rodgers is like a sore subject,
4: but... I mean, no, that's fine. In, Why? Because I'm uh, a cheesehead. Yeah. No, it's fine. You can bring it up.
3: Yeah, I just, you know, I, I it just seems a little bit fast. But um, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's too many guys that had ACL injuries that played the same, the same. Well, it was Achilles, not
4: ACL, yeah. but it's just as yeah, exactly. severe. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, like, on the field after the Jets last game. First of all, he's been walking around completely normally for like a month. Throwing passes last year Yeah the night. Yeah. And he's moving around. It looks fine. Looks fluid. And after the game, he's, like, hamming it up with some guys from the Chargers. And one of the Chargers hugs him and says, when are you coming back? And Roger said, couple weeks. <laughs> and yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know how it's scientifically possible like, have you seen – they They did on ESPN, they showed a diagram of that surgery. And there's, like, all sorts of metal and wire in his ankle right now. And, Joe, I just – I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Me too. And I,
3: if I was the, the owner of the GM, I'd say, do, don't, uh, don't. I mean, there's – what is there six games left? Uh, More I, than that,
4: I mean, like eight I, or nine. I think eight, he eight, said. Eight
3: or nine? Yeah. Uh, but – you know, what's their record?
4: Three and six? Four and four. No, they're dead even, yeah.
3: They're or even, okay, so yeah, that shows you how much I know. So they're, they're right on even,
4: the edge though. of the playoffs, too. They're like the first team out. And that's what he said was that if they're in the playoffs, he's hoping to, yeah. to jump in. They're, I get it. There's incentive to come back, but this is an injury that generally takes like a calendar year for someone in their prime to recover from. He's 40. Like, I just can't yeah. believe it can happen. Yeah, what is he, Tom he Brady? Better?
3: <laughs> yeah generally generally that when when they come back from those injuries they're never they they always lose a step and at 40 years old and you're you're gonna come back from something like that uh yeah i don't know maybe you'll go on one of those dark missions uh well that's funny
4: you say it. that yeah thanks for the call joe i appreciate it it's funny you say that because that's the only explanation i have steve mm-hmm. if he's able first of all the fact that he's moving around like that already we're what like six weeks removed from that injury, seven it's Crazy. Eight. Yeah, that's that's nuts that he's he's moving around like that. If he actually plays this season still, then all of the grief I gave the guy for going into the middle of the rainforest and drinking a, a drug cocktail <laughs> to figure out his future, I gotta I guess I have to rescind it all because there's something to the holistic methods.
5: I, I I'd say a caveat to that would be if he plays, it doesn't get hurt and further <laughs> exacerbate the injury. I mean, let's be honest. It's one thing to get in there and play. It's another to play competitively. And I, I've loved, except for what he's done to the Lions over the years, and he's, he's done some damage. I've loved watching Aaron Rodgers play. I love the guy. I think he's great. Um, and, and it would be great to see him come back. But, man, I don't want him to rush it. I just worry about don't push it too early, man,
4: because that could be it. It could. I mean when the injury happened a lot of people thought that could be it because I mean young guys struggle mm-hmm. with this injury like um JK Dobbs the old Ohio State back who's now with the Ravens, he tore his last year and he's still not back. Right. So I I don't know how it's working. I just need to know what Joe Rogan told him to do <laughs> because it's obviously working. <laughs> Gave him some like horse steroid or oh, something something. <laughs> What's that horny goat
5: weed stuff old dudes (laughs) use? Why are you asking me? I'm 52. I'm not that old. I don't know these answers. I'd have to ask this guy.
3: That sounds sexy. (laughs) I'd go down
4: on this guy. (laughs) Oh, it's like a kid in a candy store. Um, Look, I know you got to go. So why don't I I get out now? We'll come back and you can do one more segment. Yeah. All right. We'll be back after these words on Offensive Minded.
1: It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on the Lansing Sports Network, the Big Talker 1240 WJIM, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, a tradition in Lansing for over twenty years, with your hosts, the Dean of Sports Tim Stout and Offensive-minded host Beanie Howell. Powered by White Law PLLC, Doubting Industries, Schuppan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity
6: Smokehouse, and Chandler's Top Shelf. This is the White Law PLLC.
1: When you're from America, that's your team. Beanie
4: Howell with Offensive Minded on
1: the game, 7.30 a.m.
4: That's sexy. (laughs) A little smooth operator. That one goes out to Rick Howell. He's a big fan of that song. As I found out like a year ago when he... Apparently fell down a shard. Is, is that how you say it? Shard Yeah, there's an R in there when people pronounce it. I'm not sure. It doesn't I, look like it. Isn't she British or I Irish think that's or something? Why. Yeah. 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 But apparently he fell down a Shard rabbit hole on Wikipedia and he was just educating me on every detail of this woman's life. Anyway, that's why it's in. People have asked me, like, why do you have such weird bumper songs? I'm like, well, there's generally a reason. Anyway. um, Your father is quite the smooth operator. (laughs) So for your birthday here, Steve, Uh I did have a selection of sound I wanted to uh, play for you. Oh, great. These are all clips I think you may enjoy. So let's start with actually you. These are things you pointed out to me. Mm. was it monday you texted and you're like thank god you're not here and listening to Tim's show because his last couple of callers and their suggestions for uh, msu coaching hires would send you to the moon oh boy so i went and clipped those and you're totally right but one of while i was listening i had to listen through all these different calls some guy from dewitt called (laughs) and it sounds like Tell me if I'm wrong, but isn't this starting off the call with like a completely uncontrollable belch? Good morning, Good morning guys. <laughs> hey, now. One more time. Good morning, Good morning guys. What, what the hell? Was came it? back up a little bit. <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> Look, I have gerd too. <laughs> and sometimes you can't control it. Anyway, so I, I, I cut up some of the calls. Right? right here's the first one you mentioned. This is from the Monday stuff on sports. <laughs> Elsie Dan is up next on the Monday Sparrow Stout on Sports Morning. Dan,
3: I know I've mentioned it to you and Brock before about coaching here at, for the Spartans. Do they ever think about going to? I know I brought up Tony Anisa's name before to you guys, but do they ever go? Like, do they have to go after somebody that's got a big title or is from a Division One school? Because I'm I'm trying I'm not really Brad I'm just trying to say about Tony. He's went one at every place. And he recruits pretty well out of Muskegon, Grand Rapids area. And then I don't know, for the last, I don't know how many years, Muskegon and Grand Rapids have always got high school championships. No, God!
5: <laughs> no, God, please,
2: no! 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 No!
4: What is the obsession with Division Two coaches <sighs> in this fan base? Everybody deserves a chance. Well, look. <laughs> i'm not saying there aren't good coaches there, but what I am saying is let them get this their start in Division one in like the group of five, yeah. not a top twenty job <clears throat> yeah i'm not saying Tony Anise isn't a good coach, but I am saying the window has closed on him being anything more than ferris's coach i'm sorry guys he's like sixty four also this what this is what gets me a lot of the people in this fan base who are are saying that Michigan State should seriously kick the tires on Tony Anise are also saying the whole Urban Meyer flirtation is downright contemptible because of his past, whatever that means. Have you looked into the kind of things Tony Anise has said and done as a high school coach? And you want to bring that here? Think bigger, man. Stop limiting yourself. God. Notice he said he called.
5: (laughs) I've talked to you and, and Brock about this, Tim. He hasn't come to you with it.
4: Well, I, honest to God, I wish he would. I'm not going to... You, you call up with that, it's not going to go well for you, but I'm not going to, I don't know, verbally accost you. I'm going to hopefully set you straight mm-hmm. and, and give you some information that will <laughs> help you increase, you know, your scope and, r- frankly, your standards <laughs> for Michigan State coaches. Here's the next one. And Lansing, Kevin's next on the Monday Sparrow Stout on
3: Sports. Morning, Kevin. Uh, you know, the Toledo coach, Jason Candle, um, he's not a huge name, but he's done really well uh, both at Toledo uh, as a head coach and assistant coach, and then at Mount Union. Um, And so he might be someone at least, uh, hopefully, they're
4: looking at it, thinking about
7: What the hell is wrong with you people?
4: (laughs) I could do a whole show with just upset drops when these people call in and stuff. Listen. Listen to me very carefully. What was the guy's name? The caller? We'll have to replay it. It was. And Lansing Kevin's next on the Monday Kevin and Lansing, I hope you're listening. I appreciate that you care about who Michigan State hires. But stop thinking about coaches who have been trapped in the MAC for eight years. Jason Candle. Go ahead. What are you going to say?
5: They've been winning for like 175 years with whoever's coaching.
4: Well, that's part of it. But also, before anything else. That was an exaggeration, by the way. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're right, though. In the spirit of what you're saying, I'll get to it. But before anything else, Jason Candle is in his ninth season as Toledo's head coach. Why does that matter? Because a good way to tell whether a minor league baseball player is ever going to be a legitimate major leaguer is by how many seasons he's spent in minor league. If a guy's been in Toledo, whether I'm talking about the Rockets or the Mudhens, for anything more than four seasons, guess what? He ain't a major leaguer. If Jason Candle had any kind of serious potential as a Power Five head coach, he would not be in his ninth year at Toledo. But he's 62 and 33 overall. Okay, fine. Do you understand? I, people are throwing out to me the guy's list of accomplishments in the MAC like it matters. First of all, Toledo is the Ohio State of the MAC, a trained chimp could coach them to a winning record and an occasional Mac conference championship win. Mm. It doesn't matter. It's it's the most successful Mac program over the last 40 years. By far. And by the way, he didn't build anything there. You know why he's the coach? Because Matt Campbell, the guy who's at Iowa state brought him on when he took the job 14 years ago. Stop talking about Jason fricking candle. Now the guy might wind up being a good coach in the power five someday. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying top 20 jobs should not seriously shortlist guys who've been in the MAC for anything more than four seasons. Think bigger. Now, other sound I, I, wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to get to, Steve, before I have another hypertension episode. Oh, God. Did you? Have, I'm sure by now you've heard the story. So, uh, Brock, Brock Palmbush is the voice of high school sports here on the game 730 AM and works his ass off. Fine young man. No one is more committed to covering high school sports on the radio in the Lansing area than Brock PalmBush. They did the game Friday. Mason DeWitt were for the second time this year. Mason absolutely Don't. boat race DeWitt. Ugh. I know that breaks your little heart. It does, but it was about damn time for Mason, right? They oh, finally yeah. broke through this year and, and really two times impressively, but the story goes, Brock got there Friday night, and the good people at Mason told him, "Hey, look, um, this is obviously a huge game, huge playoff game, and we are jam-packed with media requests, so we don't have room for you in the press box. You're going to have to broadcast from the roof of the press box." <laughs> and look, no one wants to do that. I had to. Do, Nick Chase and I did it once from the top of the Portland press box. It sucked. No one wants to do it. It's awful, but sometimes you have to. And uh, Brock is a pro. He wasn't going to storm out of there and be like, do you know who I am? I'm the voice of high school sports at Lansing. He wasn't going to do that. As he told me, I owed it to the kids on the field. Oh, such a good, <laughs> he's such a good young man. It was such a, oh, captain, my captain yeah. moment. Yeah, I teared absolutely. up a little. Yeah. But what I loved about it, and again, Brock was a good sport about it. And I don't think Brock really has any hard feelings with Mason over it because it happens, especially in high level you know, very um, high-profile playoff games. But what I loved, if you listen to the broadcast, (laughs) Brock was sneaking in little passive-aggressive jabs (laughs) throughout. And also, it was windy and cold. That sucks enough. Mm -hmm. And Brock's uh, play-by-play partner, Eric Doc Love, the color commentator here, showed up, and once he found out they had to do it outside, he was like, well, I'm not prepared. I wasn't dressed for that, so we had to go home and bundle up. So Brock wound up doing the whole first quarter alone, which just made, oh my God, some of these sound bites are gold. Take a listen. 2.05 left, first quarter.
6: 7 0 to wit over Mason. Elliot Larner in the gun again. Man in motion. Fake. Quarterback's going to take it. He's out over the 30, maybe the 31, 32. Elliot Larner, the carry. And I think it's going to be a first down. He does get the mark to the 32-yard line. It will be first and 10. I apologize for the wind through the microphones, but I am broadcasting outdoors tonight <laughs> on top of the press box. Full press box tonight. They sent us outdoors.
4: <laughs> Elliot Larner in the gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Poor guy's teeth are chattering. Yeah. He's a good sport, though. He was a pro. Yeah, he's a pro. And we got to hear Mason thoroughly dismantle DeWitt a second time. God, you just can't get off that, can you? I like DeWitt. I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't have a bulldog or a panther in this fight. (laughs) (laughs) I live in Hazlitt. Maybe that's what it is. It probably is. You know, just like I can't think reasonably about Michigan because I went to Michigan State, I live in Hazlitt, so I can't think clearly or objectively about DeWitt. Well, you're about out of time, birthday boy, right? Yeah, I can. You want to split? No. Let's is there anything go. else you wanted uh, to cover before we get out? No, I'm just happy to see you what's back, uh, back what, off the off the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh what's been on your mind
5: sports wise? <laughs> I'm waiting for you hours. to give me some some insight, some some new uh,
4: material to think about. about uh, it's 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 got to be coming up. It is. It is. I just wanted to make sure we made time for, for you first. I'm good. And you're going to be in the car, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll hear it. I, I will. I'll go over the latest in Hail to the Voyeurs. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do a little Michigan State coaching search update. Mm-hmm. I've got some interesting stuff there I think people will appreciate. I'm also going to, you know, you're, you peeled me off the ceiling yesterday. I'm going to do the same to the Michigan State fan base, the portion of which, at least, that's Urban Meyer or Bust. Mm. Because I think they need to hear something. Not that there's anything wrong with wanting and demanding the free agent who just ho- so happens to be one of the best college football coaches of all time. I agree with that. I want him, too. But you can't sell out for only one potential candidate like in any job search, right? Right. We'll get to that all in due time but uh anything else birthday boy before no. i cut you loose here and let no. you get thank your know you. thank you for the bonus edition of the total bs show. yeah yeah dr j was going to join us after she couldn't join right now otherwise it'd be what total nope nope total uh i'm just
5: uh, uh i've kept the seat warm no total i've kept the seat warm for, for i'm dr. trying to do j. the
4: math on those letters no you're good <laughs> probably should just I go down on this guy. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. Happy birthday. Thanks, brother. Can we get a report next week on the Undertaker One Dead Man show? Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. (laughs) Uh, We'll plan on Total BS on Tuesday next week. All right. But it could be floating. It could be. (laughs) All right. Happy birthday. Thanks, brother. Back after this.
1: Sure, you could listen to Static. (laughs) Or you could get the free Game 730 AM mobile app in your app store today and listen longer without the interruptions from the static. Listen live to all your favorite moments in sports and hear all the action. The Game 730 AM app also has tons of great restaurant deals for you. It's waiting for you right now in the app store today. The Game 730 AM app is powered by Driven Collision.
6: We make friends by accident.
4: Free sports opinions
1: and you the station Lansing turns to for sports turns to for sports the game 7:30 a.m.
4: Okay, we're back. Dr. Jay's with us now. Hey, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Ah, good, I guess I don't know Better than yesterday when I was Having a full-fledged meltdown over Michigan State basketball In November
8: (laughs) Right
4: As we had expressly talked about me not doing
8: Well, you know, we all
4: knew that wouldn't last, right? My my therapist would be very upset It sounds like your your mic is not on But you're coming through like a hollower mic Are you sure that your external mic right there is plugged in? Try again. Try this. Yeah, that's much better. There we go.
8: Okay, cool.
4: Okay, well, look, um, here's what I wanted to dig in now. At the top of the next hour, I want to get into the MSU football coaching search. I have a couple of things to go over there. Yes, we can talk about Urban Meyer in more ways than one, but we also need to talk about the the coaching search in, in broader candidate terms, but also in broader generality. So... Uh, We'll do that when we come back after our break at the top of the hour for the afternoon commute crowd, okay? For now, I wanted to get into the latest on Hail to the Voyeurs, the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Good Lord, I'm tripping all over the place here. But look, um, so let's start with the latest. I, I know a lot of people were waiting for something to drop today. Like a lot of people thought today was the day that the Big Ten's, whatever you want to call it, punishment was going to come down, that's just not the case. Because remember, Michigan, Michigan's 48 hours that they have to respond may not even be up yet. We, we didn't get the word that Michigan had formally been notified by the Big Ten until Monday afternoon, which would mean sometime around now or in the next couple of hours, that 48-hour window will close. Pete Thamel, who's been all over the story for ESPN.com, reported that... Uh, It's not going to come today, at least from the Big Ten. Here's what he said. The Big Ten Ten expects a response from Michigan on the notice of discipline by the end of the day on Wednesday. So don't expect any ruling by the Big Ten on Wednesday as they are expected to take time to absorb Michigan's response. So I don't know if that means tomorrow or Friday, but that's the news. So, yeah, i what I'm telling you is if you're waiting with bated breath and you need this to get through your Wednesday, you're just not going to have it today, maybe tomorrow. But I wanted to start with that because I got to tell you something. And what I'm about to say is not going to be convenient. In fact, it'll be pretty problematic to the Michigan fans who call comment and message in here that I'm just a biased Sparty out to denigrate and, and, destroy Michigan because that's my only objective and my total agenda in life. The way the Big Ten has handled this and is handling this is BS. You're telling me this whole thing that started a month ago, just now the Big Ten could drop a bomb on one of its teams and it's going to be on a Thursday of game week for one of the biggest matchups of the year. This has been going on for a month, and just now the Big Ten is getting to it and is going to do that to one of its teams on a Thursday of game week. And not just any game week, but at least the second biggest game week on that team's schedule. Plus, by the way, depending on what time the Big Ten does this tomorrow, and, and if it certainly if it happens Friday, you know – the courts will be closed in observance of Veterans Day on Friday. That means if it comes out Friday for sure, but even if it comes out late Thursday, the Big Ten would effectively be pinching Michigan out of the opportunity to fight it in court, to get that injunction to kind of hold it up. And to me, that's really weak on the Big Ten's part. And we're here because the commissioner, Tony Petiti and the rest of the Big Ten leadership were feckless once this all started in the first place. What they've been doing the last week should have happened a month ago. Instead, the league has let this drag out, which has only inflamed and emboldened hostilities from the Michigan side and certainly from the rest of the conference, the other 13 schools. This thing has just boiled over and proliferated because of the Big Ten's mishandling of it. And the worst part is, it could, and I think probably will, get way worse. Because I'd, I don't know what to expect from the Big Ten here. I don't know what they're going to do. But if I had a gun to my head and had to be right, Dr. J, my guess would be that they're going to deliver a pretty limp-wristed two-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh.
8: Yeah, that would make sense.
4: No, it wouldn't because why create
8: what the big 10 would do they're not going to do anything um as severe as we think they should
4: but why create all of this drama then they have let utter chaos you can make the case they created utter chaos petiti and the rest of his uh, administration at the big 10 and then they're going to follow it out follow it up by handing out basically a slap on the wrist a two-game ban for harbaugh and that's it Well, let me tell you, if that happens, I think a good chunk of the 13 other schools are going to want Tony Petiti's job. And I think they would be... I think they would have pretty good ground to stand on. That would be such BS after putting everyone through this. The Big Ten abdicated leadership on this from the outset. The only reason anything happened is because 13 of the 14 schools demanded it. And the guy probably wants to keep his job. He's only been in it for a few months. But he has set himself up here. I just, I don't like the way he's handled it. This is not good leadership. Certainly not good management. It's it's just a mess, man. I'm I'm disappointed. And I think it's kind of Bush League how they've handled the whole thing. And if after creating this whole big mess, making it so much worse... If the conclusion to it, on the Big Ten's part, is Petiti handing down a two-game suspension, you know, it might as well have been just hold the line and had, um, you know, the abdication approach. No action. Because getting involved like this, stirring it all up, and then just delivering a two-game ban is worse. That's going to piss people off more. So we're going to be in an even worse predicament than we started in. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Anyway, just my two cents on that. That's what I think is going to have two-game ban. Don't you, Dr. J?
8: Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to be anything more severe than that.
4: Me neither. Now, there are people out there, some who are pseudo-journalists, reporting it's going to be an indefinite suspension of Jim Harbaugh. Okay, I'm not calling those people liars. I'm just saying that's in the I-gotta-see-it-to-believe-it category. I just, um, I don't know. I don't think Tony Petiti has the balls for that. He's pretty feckless. That's how they handled the whole thing up until his job was on the line. I I just don't see him doing it. Maybe I'm wrong. And I've had people tell me, well, it's not going to be just a two-game suspension because Petiti, according to some reports, told Michigan this is the worst scandal in Big Ten history. Not including game fixing. And if that's true that he said that, which I believe, by the way, come on, man. It's not. (laughs) This is objectively not the worst scandal in Big Ten history. Not even close. Is it bad? Yes. Yes. I think it's bad. I think it's serious. I think it deserves serious attention and serious investigation. And I think a lot of very hard questions should be asked of several people at Michigan of course yes but again both things can be true it can be a very serious dire matter without being one of the absolute worst cheating scandals in Big Ten history I don't know why he would say that that's another example of poor leadership what good did that serve telling Michigan that you're you're trying to scare them like what I don't know I'm just I'm not real happy with the way they've handled it. Anyway, speaking of things I'm not really happy with, so I like Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports. I've had him on the show before. I think he's a sharp guy. He offers some very intriguing takes a lot of the time. I enjoy his column. The one today, though, well, I'll give him I'll give it to him in in this regard. It is also intriguing and thought-provoking but not in a good way so his column today on yahoo sports and i would encourage you to go check it out yourself and read it for yourself and, and draw your own conclusions if you don't like what i'm saying but he has a column today on yahoo sports and i'm not exaggerating when i say that it literally says what michigan and connor stallions did here is exactly the same as what ohio state rutgers and purdue did and that is observably demonstrably false That is an abject falsehood. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, remember, since we came back from the weekend, it's been a pretty transparent PR retaliatory campaign from the Michigan noise machine. And part of it came in the form of this anonymous former Big Ten assistant coach who said at least three other schools colluded in cracking Michigan signs and then sharing them among each other. So again, a handful or even more than a handful, however many big ten coaches sharing intel on a on an opponent, that is not the same as employing a military grade codebreaker who employed sixty five spies who traveled to no less than 17 different schools and no less than 35 games, illegally surveilling their sideline in games that Michigan was not involved in. That is expressly against the rules. That is a heinous violation of the rules. Several coaches coming together to share intel on an opponent, not against the rules. Now, you may not like it, and you might think it's Bush League, and that's fine. But it is expressly allowed under the rules. And also, unlike what Michigan fans have been saying about what they did, coaches sharing intel on a common opponent literally is something everyone does and has done since time immemorial. They are not the same thing. This is not apples to apples. It is apples to soccer balls. We're not even the same galaxy here guys you'll also note that in the story the ap story in which this anonymous former big 10 assistant alleges he was working with multiple other big 10 coaches in colluding to share stolen signs from michigan you'll notice there's no there's not even an allegation let alone evidence of that information being obtained illegally Those coaches cracking Michigan's sign from in-game or broadcast footage or film from their games against Michigan, that is completely, by the book, squeaky clean. That is not the same as what you're alleged to have done. Not at all. But see, this is what Michigan wants. Remember, they had the weekend off. They had the meeting Friday where the Big Ten told them what's coming and offered them an opportunity to do it themselves and suspend Harbaugh themselves and avoid the Big Ten meddling into their season. Amid a national championship run, Michigan reportedly told Tony Petiti and the Big Ten to pound sand. And so the Big Ten said, okay, you'll be hearing from us next week. Well, Michigan took the weekend to marshal its resources, to get its ducks in a row to begin executing its PR campaign here, which by the way, and this is not a bit, this is not me being snarky. If there's one thing Michigan truly is leaders and best at, it's leveraging the media to control a narrative. They are far and away the undisputed champions of that. They are the Roman reigns (laughs) of leveraging the media to control narratives they are the goat of that unquestioned and that's what's been happening they spent the weekend putting together this response they got that story lined up ready to go to the ap by the way if you don't believe me on that fine but there's a pretty good idea of who that anonymous former big 10 assistant is Not out there for sure. This guy has not claimed it and no one has outed him. But you can find it online and you can do the math on your own. I'll just say this. This former Big Ten assistant, he also was an assistant under Jack Harbaugh at one point. So consider the source. Awfully convenient that this comes out from a Harbaugh family friend. But I digress. The point is, This is exactly what Michigan wants. They want to change the narrative. They want to muddy up the story from the allegations, the serious ones, with undisputable evidence already that they have authored and been part of the worst illegal scouting scandal in the history of college football. They want to obfuscate that. With the not even adjacent argument that everyone does it. So they've leaked out these stories accusing other Big Ten rivals of stealing their signs. And you'll notice all of those stories are missing the key ingredient of illegally obtaining that information. But they don't care. They know if there's a preponderance of this stuff in the media, it does the trick without acknowledging the glaring weakness of the argument there. And that's what's happening. One of the most prominent college football columnists in the industry is out there carrying Michigan's water today. And he's not the kind of guy to do that. He's not a Michigan partisan, he's not a hack. But it's worked. The propaganda campaign has worked on him. This is what they want. Trevor McHugh is the guy who runs one of these Michigan fan blogs called Maize and Brew. He kind of sums it all up in what he tweeted. I'll read you his Twitter. Can we all just admit this is stupid? Update some rules, but no team won or lost games because of sign stealing. Connor Stallions is no longer at Michigan. Do a show cause for him. A fine. Okay, whatever. The issue with this quote-unquote scandal is acting like Michigan was the only one and it was some massive advantage. That's the narrative they want. That's what Santa Ono, Ward Manuel, and the rest of the very highly paid and frankly good at their jobs executives at Michigan spent the weekend putting together. They gave the marching orders to you know, their their accomplices in the Detroit media and in the Michigan message board circles, they of course are running with it because they're good soldiers. And they know where their bread is buttered. These people long ago traded in integrity for access. They are completely compromised. That's to be expected. That doesn't surprise me. These people in this, you know, Michigan fan blogosphere and Michigan social media, they've been running with this crap for weeks now we know that that's not news to us that's why every Michigan fan who calls into the show is just repeating outright drivel that's demonstrably and provably false but it's working because there's a preponderance of it it's getting through to the mainstream media to people who aren't on the Michigan payroll this is what they want it's effective it's working This is what I was talking about. Couldn't be more transparent. They want to move the argument from the specifics of their demonstrably unprecedented and historically awful illegal scouting scandal. Muddy it up with disinformation. Muddy it up with a bunch of accusations of something completely different. To blur the lines between what they did and what people, actually, everyone does. The more they put that noise out there, the more they accomplish it. Because as we've talked before about here, Dr. J, there's a pretty good axiom in politics that if you repeat something enough, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. It becomes true. If something is pounded into the public's mind enough. It becomes a fact, even if it's not. I think I've shared this story before. If I haven't, you know, I'm going to say it now. And if I have, bear with me, I think it, it bears repeating. In a prior life, when I was a hard news reporter and covering politics, there was one election I was covering and it was for a state house race here. Excuse me, state Senate race. And uh, there was a guy who had been term limited out of the house who was challenging the incumbent state senator. And that guy, when I interviewed him, the term limited uh, state house representative who was going for the Senate spot, when I interviewed him and asked him like, what's the key to your campaign? And what do you want it all to boil down to? What's the most important thing to your campaign that you need to accomplish and get out there to win? Because it's hard to unseat an incumbent, especially. It's hard to win any election, especially when you're going against an incumbent. And I thought he would give me some you know, BS talking point drivel about how Michigan deserves better or whatever district he was in deserves better, yada, yada. You know, the, the classic stuff where they hit all the dog whistles for whatever base they're appealing, appealing to, all that kind of stuff. That's what I thought I was going to get. But that's not what he said. What he said was one of the most illuminating things I have ever heard. Remarkably honest. He said, what I need to do is make sure people hear my key message three times every time they encounter me. Whether it's an ad on TV, whether it's a Facebook ad, whether it's I'm in person making an appearance, they need to hear my pithy tagline three times in each exposure to me. That's the key to me winning. Blew me away. I almost fell over. Because this guy gave me an honest, strategic approach. He told me the key to winning. And you know what? After that, I, I went and looked through his material and it was obviously was obviously A focus. He did. In every ad, in every appearance, he made sure to hit that key messaging three times. And it was always delivered in the exact same way. And it was very clear and articulate. I'm not going to repeat what it is because that's going to incite half of you because I know how politics works in this country. And that's not the point. It's not about R versus D. I'm just trying to illuminate. It's a very widely held belief. If you get a succinct message out, enough, it works. What do you know? That guy won that election. He unseated a popular incumbent because his strategy was better. That's what Michigan is doing with the noise and frankly, completely irrelevant details about what they're accusing Ohio State, Purdue and Rutgers of having done.
8: I think that's also scientifically backed. Like if you hear something 3 times, it becomes a memory or something like that. Like there's there's some scientific basis for why that's effective. Well,
4: I'm I'm sure because they do it.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: There's I know this, there's evidence to support it. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. It's a it's a pretty widely held belief. I just what made this so remarkable to me is how honest and open he was about it, you know? Because Honesty and transparency. I don't know if you know this, Dr. J. Not exactly abundant in politics. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. What they're trying to do is they're trying to muddy up the pretty clear demonstrable proof of what they did and how it is unprecedented and completely illegal. And uh, they're trying to create a false equivalency between what they did and what they're accusing Rutgers, Ohio State, and Purdue of doing, which is something that people actually, that is actually something everyone does, sharing intel on opponents. You'll notice though, in all of those stories that Michigan placed in the media, there's no accusation, let alone proof, that Ohio State, Purdue, nor Rutgers obtained any of that info illegally. And by the way, this little spreadsheet that this anonymous Big Ten assistant handed over to Michigan and is now handed over to the AP. And you can check it out. It's available online. It delineates what the different hand signals mean. You can see it. It, it, it outlines what the body gesture is. And right next to it, the next over is a detailed explanation of what the play will be. I just want to give you my personal take on that spreadsheet. I think that is the most obvious fake distraction material maybe I've ever seen. Beanie, are you saying that's not an actual document that coaches put together to use on Michigan? That's correct. I don't believe it is. And the reason is, and I could be wrong. This is all just my uh, my opinion, my perception. This is not based on someone telling me this. But I think it's completely fake, and uh, I think it's a dramatization made up because the the nomenclature and the explanation of the plays are not even as sophisticated as what my high school football team did. I have to believe that Michigan, one of the biggest college football programs out there, and certainly one of the most successful definitely one of the most dominant over the last two and a half seasons i'm gonna guess that their playbook and their nomenclature is a little more complicated than what coloma high school footballs was 20 years ago just my hunch though could be wrong let me hit a break that went way longer than it should have that's what she said but um when i come back i want to get into the msu coaching search we got to do a little news there and then I have some advice for people, specifically for people in the Urban Meyer or Bust category. And I think it's practical, actionable advice. And yes, for those of you asking, am I going to offer specifics and names? In fact, I will. Stay tuned. I'll do it in just a few minutes here on Offensive Minded with
6: me, Beanie, on the Game 730 AM. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
4: East Lansing, a town square media
1: station. Lansing Sports Leader. the game, seven thirty a.m. <laughs> From Comerica Park Park to Jackson Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game, 7.30 a.m.
2: There's a long history of radio superstars that have come and gone in the Lansing area sports radio, daddy. Legendary names like Mike Peplowski, David the Mad Dog, DeMarco, Brock Palmbush, and Timmy Stout. But only one man has the intelligence, the intestinal fortitude, a girthy medulla oblongata, if you will. That man is Beanie Howell, daddy. Beanie Howell, you've been to the top of the mountain. You've wined and dined with kings and queens, and you've dined in the second-best production studio in the building on protein shakes and poking beans. But let there be no mistake, only one man will rise and step to the microphone to become world champion of Lansing area sports talk radio. And that man is Benny Howell, daddy. Put your hands on the radio, ladies and gentlemen, and help me welcome him now to the airwaves. Hard times! You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. 518
4: in your capital city. You know John Freeburg, the mayor of Holt? Dr. J, he messages in in the free game 730 a.m. app. He says, any chance Michigan State basketball loses again tomorrow? (laughs) There's always a chance. I hope not for their sake.
8: Mm.
4: You said there's always a chance?
8: There's always a chance.
4: So you're telling me there's a chance. (sighs) Yeah! Better not be. By the way, Southern Indiana. Any guess what their mascot is, Dr. J.?
8: I don't
4: know, Cougar? No. Screaming Eagles. What? <laughs> Do Eagles scream? I thought they more I like. I mean, yeah. Don't they screech?
8: Well, screech, scream, same
4: thing. Okay. Tomato, tomato. Anyway, that's yeah. tomorrow at seven. Look, that better be a ho hum, not interesting at all game. For everyone's sake, not just mine and not just the team's, but for the entire fan base, for everyone. I actually feel bad for Southern Indiana for what I think is going to be taken out <laughs> on them. But anyway, all right, I, I wanted to get to this now. We need to talk MSU coaching search. So Dr. jay has been asking me, a couple of you have been pestering me the last couple of days for an Urban Meyer update. All I can tell you is I don't think this is going to be any different than anything you've probably already heard on social media Or in the message board space, if you're one of these people closely following the Urban Meyer thing. It seems like things went cold about a week ago toward the end of last week. And for whatever reason, that spigot has been just completely closed off. There's no information, seems like, about it. Like my sources have kind of dried up on it too. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you other than I thought this was incredibly un- unlikely from the beginning, and I'm definitely not changing that opinion now. There are people out there now saying that it's not over, that there's still serious interest, okay. But there are also people out there who have reported that this was never a thing, this never even got off the ground. That's hard for me to believe because of reliable sources who have told me otherwise. and. There's actually some evidence to suggest that um, it was, in fact, at least at one point, very real. And it may may still be. I don't know for sure. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't have anything really earth shattering to share with you about that. So if there is and I get some solid sourcing behind it, I will. But until then, I don't have anything to offer other than this. I wanted to get in to the urban or bust idea because there are a lot of people out there whether it's here in sports radio sports media social media message boards whatever there are a lot of spartans out there saying if it ain't urban meyer i'm not interested anymore okay well first of all i don't believe that second of all that's never the right approach for any hire you should never get all of your hopes and dreams tied up in one person. It's just irresponsible and, and impractical and not smart. I understand what's behind the Urban Meyer bust movement. I really do. I want him to be the coach too. If it were up to me and I could wave a magic wand, you know, money's no object, nothing else isn't an object. I just get to pick and it happens. Yes, I would pick him. He's far and away the number one candidate for the job in my eyes, too. No one else would instantly revitalize this program in every single phase. No one else would make Michigan State relevant immediately. No one else could take this thing over and deliver eight or nine wins next year. No one else could take an abject disaster like this and turn it back into a nationally prominent program within two or three seasons. So I get it. I totally understand where you're coming from. I feel the same way. The difference is, I'm not going to put all my eggs in that one basket. Doesn't mean you can't, doesn't mean you shouldn't. It's up to you. It also doesn't mean Michigan State can't or shouldn't pursue Urban Meyer as their top priority. But you got to have contingencies. And regardless of what really is going on or not with Urban Meyer, in either event, whether it's still going and it's a real thing or If it's completely false and never was a thing, Michigan State is doing due diligence on other candidates. They are. We know that. You should, too, as a fan. You got to have contingencies. And speaking of, you know, there is a school of thought that Michigan State shouldn't be chasing Urban Meyer. But instead, should be trying to identify the next Urban Meyer. Easier said than done, right? But look, um, when Urban Meyer got the Florida job, he was 39 and eight in four seasons between Bowling Green and Utah. 39 and eight. When he got to Bowling Green, they were coming off a two and nine season. In the two years there, he went 17 and six. Utah was five and six before he took over there. He went 20 and two. And he won their conference both years. You got to find the next that. Is it out there? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's next to impossible to do. It's like catching lightning in a bottle. Michigan State caught lightning in a bottle with D'Antonio. He was really... A special hire a truly special hire and uniquely fit the job and the circumstances here there is no denying that right I think we can all agree easier said than done though to find that (laughs) way easier so I don't know I don't know how you do it it's not my job I'm sure Alan Haller has an approach but I have an idea If you're looking for someone who has turned around multiple programs right away, and I'm not talking about Lance Leipold, he's done a hell of a job at Kansas, but it's taken three years. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. But if you're against the Urban Meyer hire because you think he's too old, then you can't go to a guy in Lance Leipold who's even older. I think there's a lot to this argument dr j i think there's a lot to the idea that don't chase urban meyer chase the next urban meyer find the next one it's definitely riskier i understand that but it's also way cheaper which affords more budgeting for other things that might be more important now like nil stuff like that yeah it's definitely a risk but you know what in an ideal world, no one would hire in a Power Five job, Power Five opening. No Power Five school would open someone would hire someone who's not from another Power Five job. Right? You would just go out and pluck another Power Five coach. Of course, yeah. it's how it would work in a perfect world. But Jim Comperoni, Spartan Mag, those guys put the numbers together. Do you know that since, like, I think it was since 2021, there have been 65 Power Five head coach positions filled and only 6 of them were filled by guys who al- already were power 5 coaches. That's an overwhelming percentage that come from non-power 5 ranks. And I know no one knows better than me that what a perilous hire Jason Candle would be. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> but again, I hope people hear me when I talk about him and MAC coaches or Group of Five coaches in general. I am not morally opposed to Michigan State or anyone else in the Power Five hiring a Group of Five head coach. Not at all. Guys have to start somewhere. Urban Meyer came from two of those jobs and hit the ground running at Florida and the rest is history. Mark D'Antonio at the time came from one at Cincinnati back when they were I forget what they were then, but they weren't a Power 5 conference. That's for damn sure. Brian Kelly, we all know his story. Grand Valley to CMU. And then really taking off, yeah. Guys got to start somewhere. Most guys don't start out at the Power 5. I am not saying you shouldn't look there as a rule. I'm saying don't hire a guy who's been in one of those situations for anything more than four seasons. Because if they get to a group of five job and kick ass, they won't be there long. It's just how it works. This is a long story. This is a long build to get to the guy I'm thinking of. Again, yes, perfect world, totally up to me. There's no object, whether it's money or him wanting to do it. Yes, I would hire Urban Meyer like that. We've covered why, but I'm operating in reality because I don't think that's likely. And I think I know who I would in a realistic setting hire if I were Alan Haller or whomever at Michigan State. I have a guy in mind. Again, I'm a believer in the don't chase Urban Meyer, find the next one. Because even if you do land Urban Meyer, it's a five-year deal at the most, right? Now, maybe he would have the head coach and waiting set up. Okay, fine. I'm I'm just saying, I would rather find the next one because then you're set up, you do it right, and it works out and you take care of him. Could be a decade plus relationship. And stability, I think, would be at a premium right now with the lack of stability across the industry with it changing all the time so who is it that's what you want to know well i'm looking for a guy who's had a run like urban meyer did at bowling green and utah i'm looking for a guy who's an offensive innovator who has hired different guys onto his staff at different times because he knew he had to change to stay ahead of the curve i'm looking for a guy who looks like he has serious potential some recruiting chops who doesn't hate recruiting, who likes getting out there and hustling, a guy who embraces the transfer portal, NIL, all of that. But most importantly, I'm looking for a guy who is dogged in his pursuit of winning. That's Urban Meyer's best trait. The guy is addicted to winning. And maybe more than that, he's averse to losing. He can't stomach the idea. Watch Swamp Kings. He talks about he couldn't sleep. For many of the football seasons, he was in charge of Florida and Ohio State. He stayed up awake, worrying that they hadn't prepared enough because he couldn't stand the idea of losing. I think I found that guy that meets all of those qualifications. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Jamie Chadwell. Now, before those of you who know who he is freaks out and says, you're telling me Michigan State should hire the guy at Liberty? First of all, yes, I am. Second of all, Liberty has nothing to do with it. And if you think politics are at play here, get bent. You're an idiot. You can be the head coach at Liberty without being a fundamentalist Christian slash right-wing Republican. Just like there have been many head coaches at Notre Dame who aren't Catholic. There have been many football players at BYU who aren't Mormons. Politics doesn't matter here. Jamie Chadwell is an awesome coach. Awesome. All of the signs are there. All of them. And by the way, the guy's 46 and making like 2 million bucks at Liberty. It wouldn't be hard to pry him away. Take a look at his resume. That's what's more important here. Here's a guy who has done the same kind of thing. He's, his career's followed the same kind of trajectory as Urban Myers when he was younger. Jamie Chadwell took over Charleston Southern, an FCS program, in 2013. Their prior two seasons before he arrived, 0-11 and 5-6. And His first season, 10-3. He went 35-14 in four years there. This is a program that was two years removed from not winning a game in an entire season. He hits the ground running with 10 wins and over four years wins 35 games. They had won 35 games in the prior seven seasons combined before he took the job. That got him the job at Coastal Carolina. That's probably a name you became familiar with all of a sudden in the last handful of years. You know why? Because Jamie Chadwell turned them into a really good program, a really good group of five program. When he got there to Coastal in 2019, their prior two years had been three and nine and five and seven. His first year was also five and seven, but then it exploded, eleven and one. Second year, third year, eleven and two, and his fourth year they go nine and four. That got him the Liberty job. Hugh Freeze hired by Auburn. They had to fill it. They went out and plucked Chadwell from Coastal. Hugh Freeze went eight and five last year at Liberty. Check out what Liberty's doing right now: nine and zero. High flying offense. You know they're on the cutting edge of offensive innovation the guy has had multiple offensive coordinators over the years most of them young this would be the guy this would be my hire not lance leipold not mike elko not jonathan smith and i'm not saying those guys aren't good coaches but what i am saying is none of them have the ceiling that this dude has This dude has won at absolute college football graveyard programs. This guy has taken over programs that were one season removed from winless seasons and turned them into double-digit winners. He can hustle on the recruiting trail, and he's at the forefront Of offense, which I think is probably the most important thing in coaching right now with the way the game has gone. I know that ain't going to be popular around here. Defense first. That's Michigan State's program DNA. I understand. But I'm more interested in winning football games than catering to tradition. And that's the other thing. So what? Jamie Chadwell has no connection to Michigan State. I don't give a damn. I don't care. That is not a prerequisite for jobs. We always do that here, and it drives me nuts. It's not just a Michigan State thing. Michigan's job is going to be open here pretty soon, I think, and they're going to get out the rolodex of their family. They're going to want to keep it in the from the family tree. I don't get why you do that. Why do you limit? You cut yourself off from so many great candidates. People peddling Pat Shermer. Are you kidding me? Matt House. Matt House who's in his second year as defensive coordinator at LSU. Um, I get that he was here a number of years ago, but do people realize LSU has one of the statistically worst defenses in the country this year? Yeah, but he, he came from here. So I want a good coach, not a mediocre, maybe good coach who just happens to have spent some time here in the past. Complete crapshoot. You know, Jamie Chadwell, maybe they do hire him and it doesn't work out here. I don't know. I haven't heard any inkling or rumbling that he's on their radar, but I also haven't heard that he's not. I'm just saying this dude is going to get a big-time job soon. He's going to get a Power 5 opportunity. Probably next year. It could be here. I hope it's here. This is what they need. Does he deliver the the pizzazz and the instant attention and the instant glamour Urban Meyer would? No. Would he command the attention of the top guys in the transfer portal and recruits left out there for early signing day like Urban Meyer would? No, he wouldn't. But the ceiling is so much higher. And he would cost a fraction of what Urban Meyer would, and you could use all the rest of that money you're saving on NIL. To help this thing, help this guy really get this thing rolling. This guy, I'm convinced, he may not be the next Urban Meyer, but he's the closest thing, I think, that's out there right now. He, this is a name you're going to know. Hasn't had any NCAA issues, and he embraces the grind. More and more, Dr. J., I'm convinced, head coaching in college football is a young man's game. Nothing against older coaches. I'm not saying Urban Meyer or Lance Leipold, guys like this. I'm not saying they're senile. (laughs) I'm not saying they they would just be figureheads like Joe Paterno toward the end. No, that's not not my point at all. What I am saying, though, is guys who have been in this industry for a long time, almost to a T, they overwhelmingly hate NIL and the transfer portal. See Dabo Swinney. There's a reason... Clemson has turned into a 500 program. It lines up exactly the decline of Clemson under Davos when he lines up exactly with the advent of NIL and the transfer portal because he doesn't like it. He doesn't embrace it. you got to have a guy who not just tolerates it, but believes in it and sees it as an opportunity, as a tool, not as a hindrance, not as some, unspeakable sin against the sport that's why i think increasingly coaching in college football is a young person's game i really do i think you're you you're setting yourself up for better odds of it working out the younger the coach is because they're going to be more receptive to the changes in college football and frankly the changes that are yet to come They are better equipped to not just survive it and weather it, but to embrace it and make it work. This is the guy I would go after. Wouldn't be hard to get him. Michigan State could save a boatload of money and still triple this dude's salary. And he would be here like that. No problem. But he has no recruiting experience in the Midwest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Michigan State is reportedly interviewing Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. I don't think that guy has ever been east of the Rocky Mountains. Doesn't seem to bother them with him. Do you think Lance Leipold has spent a lot of time recruiting Ohio? How about Mike Elko? There's no perfect unicorn choice other than Urban Meyer. And if you're committed to that, God bless you. If you think they're going to pull it off, I hope you're right. I really do. I would love to have him too. But I think it's way more realistic to go after a guy like this. And frankly, I think it's worth the gamble. Some of the best coaches right now are young dudes who embrace the change. Jamie Chadwell, Liberty. Jamie Chadwell, who turned Coastal Carolina into a New Year Six Bowl. That was unthinkable. Before him, no one had heard of Coastal Carolina, and then they're playing in the New Year New Year Six. This is the guy. Your thoughts five one seven three hundred forty two sixty three. Urban or Bust. We'll go to Gary in East Lansing. What's up, man?
9: Hi. Uh, sounds good. I've never heard of Jamie Chadwell.
4: Check him out. Like, look, I'm not saying this is the next Saban or whatever, but I think he's worth the gamble, man. Uh, 46, offensive innovator, recruits his tail off, uh, likes to change up his staff when things get stale. You know, this is the kind of guy. It may not work out, but I would try it.
9: Okay, I got a thought. Go ahead. I got a young guy that uh, is going to fit the bill and all those things you're talking about. And that's the coach at Colorado
4: <laughs> um, even after the last five weeks, now that they're four and five
9: because he he actually has some good players, he just would uh need to tone it down a little bit
4: what do you mean tone it down?
9: well, he's got too many transfer portals,
4: oh, I see, yeah, know? yeah, like chasing yeah. out like eighty guys or whatever
9: yeah, that was ridiculous
4: I mean but, you know,
9: he's exciting and, and he he can coach yeah and he's got he's got his son is a great quarterback, oh my gosh
4: if he had an offensive line I think yeah I think that kid would yeah. have a way higher um, profile oh, yeah. but you know when I think about what Dion did to that roster he inherited and by what I mean by that is chasing them out, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> basically launching them into orbit right. I don't think that would be the worst thing here. there are a few guys <laughs> there are only a few that I think Michigan state should do absolutely all they can to keep. Like guys like Dylan Tatum, um, guys like Zion Young, you know, Sam Levitt, even Kate and Hauser, I would keep. You know, there are more. Like these young guys, because as bad as Tucker was, he actually did get a higher quality football player in here pretty regularly. And some of them you, you saw this year. I yes, there are a few guys I would want to keep. But seriously, if they brought Deion Sanders in and he chased out 90 of the guys, I wouldn't be upset. How realistic do you think that is, though? How realistic do you think it is that Michigan State would be interested in him and then he'd be interested in leaving Colorado after one year?
9: Well, the thing about it is that uh, we already got one guy from Colorado. It would just be really funny to get the second one.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we would have to, like, schedule them to have some sort of new rivalry game, right? (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I think Colorado's paying him, what, $6 million a year? Yeah, five point nine per year. So State could clearly pay better than that. And oh, I think yeah. Deion Sanders would be good for marketing. It would, it would excite some people. Donations would go up and all that. I just, I'm just i not sure how good of a coach he is yet, though. I, I think the book is still out on that. Don't you?
9: Well, I don't know. He did a really good job at the lower level.
4: Yeah. Yeah, he did. In a short time. He can get players. That might matter more yeah. now. Yep. All right, anyway, Gary. Just a yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the call, Doctor J. Your thoughts on Deion Sanders? Should he be a serious? Uh, should he have? Should he be seriously considered?
8: I would love to have Coach Prime here. I think that he would bring a different sort of energy to the program that would be needed to get people excited about it again.
4: Yeah, I think he would be a marketing home run. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Michigan State's profile would overnight double in the media and I
8: think he and Urban Meyer have that in common that they could both for different know. reasons though. Yes. Yeah.
4: Um but yes, I, I think largely the same effect when it comes to profile in the media coverage and also um viability to transfer portal candidates. Yes. Mm-hmm. Both of yeah. those guys you would get a higher caliber of guy, at least entertaining coming to Michigan State if they were the head coach.
8: And I think he has that competitive edge that you were talking about, because obviously you have to have that kind of spirit to do as well as he did in the NFL.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, he's yes, he was a great player. So he has that greatness gene in him already. Mm -hmm. Does it translate to coaching? I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know how good he is at X's and O's. But I think maybe we have
8: that gene, though it it translates to everything in your life. Like you, you hate to lose so much that you're going to bring in the people that you need to win.
4: I don't know. Bart Starr was the coach of the Packers, and he was awful, awful. So I I don't think it's necessarily going to translate. It might. I just my point is the book is still out on that. I don't know. Yeah. He would be expensive too. I I don't think he's going to leave Colorado after one year. They're paying him six million. I mean, I think State would probably have to get that up. Probably what, like 10 at least we to could get him double to double it. it. I, but see, people say that. That's not I necessarily true.
8: I think you could double it for Dion.
4: I don't know about that. And you want to know why? Why? And I hate to say it. And I'm not saying it for ratings. And I'm not saying it just to piss people off because this is not the kind of topic you play around with. But given what happened with the last guy and his oh. race. I just, yeah. I find it really hard to believe that the next coach will be black.
8: I think that's ridiculous. It is right.
4: ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not vouching. Or, I'm not no, saying no, no, that's no. the right move. I'm just saying that's probably reality. And look,
8: yeah,
4: I don't think Michigan State, uh, well, I know they're not seriously considering Deion Sanders right now. I don't think they ever would. And here's why. Right. There, are, there are a lot of people in high-profile positions throughout the Michigan State community. And I mean, whether that's administration or in the football building or in the big donor club, there are a lot of them whose opinion matters a lot. They wield a ton of influence, who did not like at all Mel Tucker bringing in pit bulls for photo shoots and bringing Lamborghinis out onto the field. And frankly, that grossed me out. Because Well, before it grossed me out, it pissed me off. Because why do you care that the head coach is leveraging the things that kids want leveraged in recruiting? Right. I would say he was doing his job. You don't have to like it. It's like every freaking Saturday when Tim bitches about Michigan State wearing a black jersey. Tim, I get it. You hate anything other than green and white. I get it. You think Michigan State should only wear the most traditional uniform i understand but what he doesn't understand and generally anyone else who's upset by that kind of stuff don't understand is that kind of stuff is not for you michigan state doesn't have alternate jerseys for the fan base or the donors or the alums or, and certainly they don't do it for the media michigan state didn't bring pit bulls onto the field for photo ops and rent Lamborghinis to have in the background as a backdrop. They didn't, with the football department's budget, purchase a Polaris slingshot to make the donors happy, to impress Tim Stout. They did it to get players. It's real simple. All of that is a dog and pony show. It's bells and whistles to attract recruits. That kind of stuff matters to the current generation of recruits you don't have to like it i don't like it i think it's really stupid that the first thing any recruit nowadays does on their official visit is play dress up and do a photo shoot to me that is so freaking stupid but here's the thing it doesn't matter what i think about it that's what they want and if that's what it takes to get a four or five star player <laughs> look Sign me up. I'll bring over the the photo booth. I'll go pick up the pit bulls from the breeder. Whatever. If that'll get me a 5-star player, I'll do it. If yeah, I have to gonna... if I have to ride around in a in a go-kart to get a 5-star defensive lineman, I'm going to do it. I don't have to like it. But see, it's not for us. It's not for you. You can bitch and moan as much as you want it doesn't matter they're going to keep rolling out black uniforms they're going to keep rolling out alternate uniforms they're going to keep they're going to keep doing these frankly gimmicks to land better players because that's what it takes nowadays
8: yeah 19 and 20 year old guys love all of that stuff and it's for them it's for the kids
4: but there's a i'm telling you Jessica there are a lot of people in very high positions of influence in the Michigan State community, (laughs) who, um, let's just say, some of the things I've heard said about Mel Tucker's recruiting approach and the things he did in the program are pretty thinly veiled racist opinions.
8: Oof.
4: Now, these people may not be racist. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it was definitely racially charged. Oh! Those dogs are so aggressive looking. Just say it. Just say it. You know what that really means? They're saying that that reminds them of Michael Vick and the dog fighting ring. That's what they're mm-hmm. saying. But they don't have the balls to say that. There's a lot of people that felt that way. If they couldn't handle Mel Tucker, what do you think it would be like with Deion Sanders here?
8: Yeah, they wouldn't be able to handle him either.
4: Yes. that will Because he
8: would be flashier in, in yes. the best ways.
4: Yes, in a way that appeals to today's recruit, who, by the way, 70% of rosters are black. Right. Got to appeal to those people. If you want better players, sorry. It's not for you. This break is, though. We're back after this.
1: The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on the back end. Lansing's big talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio.
9: Lansing scores from
1: the right side goal. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.
7: What I was told was bone on bone, I was gonna have to have knee replacement, and I do not like surgery. Desperate to avoid surgery, Julie decided to check out QC Kinetics non-surgical regenerative treatments. My daughter actually works in a Chapel Hill, North Carolina lab, and I sent her all of the information that I was given, and she's like, oh, mom, this is for you. I've heard great things about this. She's like, you need to try it before ever doing surgery. Julie started the QC Kinetics natural biologic treatments, Right in the office, using her own healing properties to help restore her damaged tissue. I know, my daughter was right. Yeah, it's nice when you've got that um, person you can go to who might have a little bit more information, especially on the science of it. QC Kinetics, it's life-changing. Find out if you're a good candidate. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation.
2: Call QC Kinetics, 616-315-0166. Locations in Holland, Lansing, and Grand Rapids, 616-315-0166. 166.
8: The pandemic has taken a toll. Michigan's Stay Well program offers tools to support your mental wellness. I'm strong with community by my side. I'm on my way to feeling okay again. With free Stay Well discussion groups, webinars, a counseling hotline, and more, you can be confident. There's hope for tomorrow. Get free emotional support at michigan.gov staywell stay well. Sponsored by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. What's for dinner? Burgers?
5: After last week? No thanks.
7: With Black Friday savings all month long at the Home Depot, you get all the jingle bells and whistles you could wish for with LG Appliances. With America's most reliable line of appliances per independent consumer study, you can take holiday doing to holiday done and always be ready to handle last minute holiday guests. Save up to $900 on select laundry sets with Black Friday savings, including top brands like LG at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.
9: (coughs) She's running around. Her breath doesn't smell. Her digestive system is perfect. It has made such a huge difference. <laughs>
7: what did this dog parent do for their dog? She switched to Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food made by Dr. Marty Goldstein, a veterinarian Forbes magazine called The Miracle Worker. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourish skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life.
3: I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is back with a 90-day guarantee.
7: Save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get a free full-sized bag of Tilly's Treasures Dog Treats. They're best-selling beef liver dog treats while supplies last. Go to drmartypets.com slash deal or text deal to 511-511. Go to drmartypets.com slash deal or shop in over 2,000 stores nationwide. Use the store locator to find the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon
0: request.
4: All right, we're back, and we got to wrap it up. That's why the song's playing. Sorry. Messed up the clocks today. Went a little long. My bad. But we're back tomorrow, 4 to 6. Until then, be safe and be good.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.